0: If you have a Bible, take it and turn to the book of James, James chapter 4. If you have one of the, t- the Bibles on the back table there, or if you need one, there are some Bibles on the back table, and it's on page 1115 in those Bibles. Uh, so book of James chapter 4, and we'll be looking at verses 1 through 10 this morning. I have a, a friend here in town who was recently telling me about some plumbing issues that he was having um, issues, meaning sewage backing up into his house. Um, That's like issues is not the right word, right? Um, So it was something he obviously wanted to deal with quickly. Uh, Didn't want to spend tons of money if he didn't have to, so he tried to find where the issue was. Um, That led to more problems, which I won't bring up. Uh, Eventually, though, he found a section of pipe that the previous owner had put in that was heading to the city sewage, and it was a 90-degree angle. I don't know anything about plumbing, but that was a poor choice. Um, When things are supposed to be running and gravity is supposed to be working, that's a recipe for disaster. Uh, So he found the problem, but that doesn't necessarily make it an easy problem to solve, and he has to solve it because it's just far enough away from MSD that it's his responsibility. Um, So we can all give thanks this morning that this is not our problem. Um, no, I'm just we can pray for this brother. Um, but the reason I thought about that, you're wondering why is he telling us this story, um, is that in James chapter four, James brings up this issue of fighting and quarreling, and it's just as nasty and just as disgusting as a sewer backing up into our homes. It's not what's supposed to happen. All that junk is supposed to go out, and yet it's backing up back in, and that's what quarreling and fighting is. And it's not something we deal with just one time and fix the problem, but in fact, this is a nasty, vile issue that's part of our everyday lives. It's in our homes. It's in our workplaces. It happens with strangers we meet. It happens in our churches, and it happens anywhere that we have contact with, with other people, basically. The issue of fighting and quarreling, especially among, among brothers and sisters in Christ, is something that we all deal with. And as James talks about this problem, he wants us to see not only that this is not how things should be, but also he wants to get to the root cause of that issue and then decide how to fix the problem. He opens up with this question in verse 1, what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Where does all this stinking, rotten sewage of fighting and quarreling come from? Why is it bubbling up into our lives and into our relationships? If we were to answer that question, we might begin by wanting to say that it's, uh, it's environmental. Uh, not environmentalism, but it's, it's part of our environment. The context in which we live or the, the place that we work, it's the stress of that all. That's what causes conflict. It's too hot, it's too cold, it's too late, it's too early, it's too cramped. I'm too busy, too much is asked of me. All of these environmental factors are what lead to fighting and quarreling. And certainly those things have something to do with fighting and quarreling, but are they the the root source? Maybe you would say it's uh, physical. I fight because I'm hungry, I'm tired, I'm sick, so I get irritated and I fight with others. And certainly we are physical beings with needs for food and, and for rest, and we've all been hangry at one point or another in our lives. We've all been woken up too early, and we get a little upset. But is that the cause? Is that the root of fights? Often we would say that the cause is human. Not me human, but every other human, right? Uh, the, The problem, the cause of fighting is the person that I'm fighting with. Well, if they weren't so bossy, if they weren't so lazy, if they weren't so mean, if they weren't so loud or whatever else, then we wouldn't be fighting. It's their problem. Wouldn't it be nice to find the source of conflict somewhere outside of ourselves? (laughs) It'd be nice to say that the cause of fighting and quarreling is environmental or it's some physical thing or it's the other person. That the cause of this sewage backing up into my lives, into our lives, is, is not on our property. It's not our responsibility. Someone else has to deal with it. But James actually is going to make it clear that the problem is much closer to home and the source of conflicts is actually in us. And so the responsibility to deal with it primarily lies with us. James is going to teach us that when we fight, that the first thing to do is suspect ourselves. Rather than pointing at other issues and pointing at other people, we need to start saying, well, what do I need to do? Where's my responsibility?" We've said recently in our study of James that the heart of the human problem is the problem of the human heart. Um, that if the pro- and, and, and if the problem is within us, if it's within our heart, then we're going to need to look outside of ourselves for the solution. I need something else to change me. Often we want to say that the problem is, is outside of us, that the source of our sin is, is something else out here, therefore the solution is somewhere inside of me. But the gospel and the Bible continually tells us, no, actually the problem is right here. And so we need something supernatural, something outside of us to solve the problem. James is going to offer us some wise and godly counsel here regarding fighting and quarreling among us. This is what he says. He says, we make peace with one another by making peace with God. We make peace with one another. That's what we want. The problem with quarreling and fighting is that there's no peace. And if we want to get rid of fighting and quarreling, we need to make peace with one another. And the way that we make peace with one another is, in fact, by making peace with God. That the source of our conflict is within us, and it's that we're striving and fighting against God. We make peace with one another by making peace with God. If we're, all, if we're honest, then we know that we all fight and quarrel, We even fight and quarrel with people in this room. Interpersonal conflict marks every day of our lives, and it always leads to misery. It always leads to a loss of joy and pain. And so it would be good to pause and to listen to our brother James as he identifies the, the root cause of our conflict, and he shows us that the solution is actually not found primarily in thinking about how I make peace with other people, but it's found when I make peace with God, when I realize that I'm striving against God and that's why I'm striving against other people. So let's go ahead and read James 4, 1 through 10. And again, we're thinking about this idea. We make peace with one another by making peace with God. James 4, beginning in verse 1. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. We make peace with one another by making peace with God. Last week we considered how James said that there were there's a wisdom that is not from above, It's a wisdom that finds its source in the world and the flesh and the devil. And this natural wisdom naturally spills out of our sinful hearts if we've not been changed by Christ. It's characterized by selfish ambition and bitter jealousy, and it results in disorder and every kind of nasty, vile, divisive practice. In contrast to this this earthly wisdom, we find the wisdom that is from above, The wisdom that is is given by God. And it's characterized by being pure, peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And it results in peace and righteousness. So James has just talked about these two different kinds of wisdom, what they're characterized by and what they result in. And he ends chapter 3 on this harmonious note. He says, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. What a beautiful statement. He ends with that, but then he strikes this dissonant and harsh chord right at the beginning of chapter 1. He says, what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? It's as if he's gone back to this worldly wisdom and the results of it. Last week we saw, we saw the, the source and the characteristics and the results of worldly wisdom. Now here, I think what James is doing is he's going back and talking about some of the results. And one of the results of this worldly wisdom is, is discord and the vileness that results from it. It's this quarreling and and anger. He's describing one of the main results of of worldly wisdom, and it's fighting and quarreling. It's the opposite of love for neighbor. And Now he's going to focus on the source of that wisdom. He's not going to focus on it being from the world, and he's not going to focus it on it being from the devil, but he's going to focus on the flesh and how the flesh, our flesh, results in quarrels and fights. So verse 1, he asks that question, what causes quarrels and what causes fights? Among you, And so he begins to unpack this, the cause of our conflicts. That's kind of the first big heading if you want one. The cause of our conflicts. And the cause of our conflicts, we're going to see that in verses 1 through 5. So what's the cause? Very simply, the answer is sinful desires. James asks the question, then he answers his own question. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? What's the cause? It's our desires. It's this selfish ambition and bitter jealousy, and they are waging war within us. And the conflict of the selfish desires within us leads to conflict with others around us. The battle within boils over into battles without This all reminds us of James' discussion of temptation back in chapter 1. I don't know if you remember this, but he said that every person is tempted when he is drawn away and enticed by what? By his own desires. Again, you can't find the source of temptation somewhere else. It's our own desires. And it's then these desires that lead to sin, and sin leads to death. Very parallel here. So follow James' train of thought here in in verses 2 and 3. He asks the question, he says it's from our passions and desires that are within and then he elaborates on these desires verse 2, you desire and do not have so you murder he says we want something, we desire something could be something good, maybe we want respect maybe we want, we want love maybe we want attention maybe we want affection we want to be listened to, we want to be heard we want to be embraced we want to be accepted and when we don't get it we get mad we get angry we don't get what we want. And so what do we do? We murder. Now, I don't think that James is talking about about literal murder here. Um, he could be. I don't think that's exactly what he's talking about. I think he's, he's again, going back to where Jesus says that when we hate someone in our heart, it's the same as murder. Do you remember that in the, in the Sermon on the Mount, that if we hate someone in our heart, it's the same as murdering them? I think that's what he's getting at. And James and Jesus both want us to see that our sinful desires when they overflow in fighting and quarreling. This is not something small. This is like murdering people. This is akin to to war. We would probably take sewage backing up in our house more seriously than sometimes we take fighting and quarreling in our lives. That's something that we would get out of our lives right away. I don't want that in my house. I want to get rid of it. But so often quarreling and fighting, we just let it exist. James says that's like you murdering people and not caring about it. We might also think about the first murder. Cain didn't get what he wanted, right? He wanted the approval of God that he was seeking, and he didn't get it. And so what did he do? He hated his brother. He had his own internal conflict going on. If you read that, Abel says absolutely nothing in that whole passage. There's no word spoken by Abel. Cain can't stop talking because he's got this conflict inside him. And that conflict inside him boils over to the point that he kills his brother i reminded, too, of our, our study of Jacob and Leah and Rachel and how they all longed for different things. They wanted the love of a spouse or children. They wanted to be accepted. They wanted to be heard. And when they didn't get what they wanted, it led to all these conflicts and all these foolish choices. Or maybe we should think about our own lives rather than thinking about everyone else, right? We can think about how we desire things, good and bad, and it leads to us treating people as a means of fulfilling our own selfish desires rather than treating people as those that we're called to serve and to love. We have an attitude that, that we need to be served and the lives of others exist so that I can get what I want and we fail to think about Jesus. Jesus who did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life. James talks about desires in general, and then he speaks about coveting there. You desire, do not have, so you murder. Second part of verse 2, you covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. So specifically we covet. We want our neighbor's house. We want our neighbor's car. We want our neighbor's television. We want our neighbor's wife or husband. We want our neighbor's life. We don't love our neighbor, but instead we're filled with bitter jealousy towards our neighbor. Maybe it's it's not even our physical neighbor. Maybe it's, it's someone on TV. We want what they have and we don't get it, so we covet, we, we get angry, and we have all this strife within us, and so we take it out on other people. And all of this reveals that our neighbor and our th- the things that they have, that's not our problem. The real problem that we have, the, the source of our quarreling, is our own desires, and they just get all out of whack, and then it spills over and causes conflict with other people. I'm struck by the fact that desire and coveting, these are internal things, and they cause all this external damage in our relationships. Our selfish, sinful desires, our desires even for good things become too strong, and we find ourselves, we find ourselves ruining all of the relationships around us. I'm reminded that, that sin is never private. Sin is never something that just affects me. Because if I'm wrestling with this stuff, if I'm dealing with coveting and jealousy and bitterness and selfish ambition, it's going to show up. It's going to spill over in my life. It's going to cause conflict all around me. The second part of verse 2, James starts to make a slow turn, transitioning from our relationships with others to our relationship with God. You see that the second part of of verse 2, you do not have because you do not ask. And then verse 3, you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. He says that all the things that we desire and don't get, we don't get them because we don't ask God for them. We, In fact, there's no need for jealousy or coveting in our lives because God will give us everything that we need if we ask for it in his name and according to his will. That's what he's promised to us. But we don't have the things that we desire because instead of asking God for them, we get angry at the people who have them. Or we ask wrongly. That's spelled out in verse, verse 3. We ask, but we ask not because it's something that we need or to honor God, but we ask because we have selfish motives. I want this and that's I want it for me. And our desires, again, they just sort of run amuck, and we only ask for what we can assume, consume for our own selfish gain, not, not things for the good of God and for the good of others and the glory of God. So we, I, I just see James saying, We're all like these frustrated masses of selfishness and bitter jealousy, and all of that is just overflowing in our lives into conflict. We go through life, and we just have this worldly wisdom that thinks only about ourselves, what we want and what we don't have. And people are just roadblocks to my desires. And so I just got to get them out of my way, and the way to get them out of my way is to push them verbally or even physically, and we fight and we quarrel. So we're just walking around, ready for a fight. I saw it this week at Wendy's. wasn't me. Some other, I was there getting Frosties. You know, Frosties are 50 cents until the end of the summer. But this lady at Wendy's, she wanted ketchup. And the ketchup dispenser was empty. And so she was angry. She was angry with the guy behind the counter. She took it out on the employees. She wanted what she wanted. She didn't get what she wanted. So she got angry and started a fight. You want peace and you want quiet in your home. Now I am talking about me. <laughs> Wendy's wasn't me, this is I want peace and quiet. But then my wife asks me to do something. Or my children fight or ask me to do something. And I have desires. I just want to sit here and not do anything. I I have I'd like to sleep in or I'd like to stay up or whatever I want. So I get angry. And I it's all the desires in myself that leads to the quarreling in the